I feel like I'm so over this state. I'm just, I gotta get out. I gotta get this out. State I don't know. Or this day. The state. I don't know okay. if you've like heard about like the, the Florida like ID thing happening where like I trans people, it's... yeah, trans people can't like get their IDs changed anymore um, from a doctor note, like the, the gender marker. So, so what are you supposed to do? it's considered fraud. So there's not really a way to do it. They're still trying to figure it out in courts. But right now they're saying if your ID doesn't match your gender marker, it's considered fraud. So right now it's sort of up in the air of like, okay, well, if you've obtained your license legally and have changed the gender marker legally from the laws that were preset, but really pre-done or pre-made before this happened, does that fraud, like what happens? And so obviously they can't do anything because that's those that was the rules beforehand. So I think a lot of the there's gonna be a lot of figuring out what the courts want to do. Um, and if there's gonna be any lawsuits against it, because currently as it stands, trans people can't get their IDs um changed. So if you're like a new tranny <laughs> and you're just like like hopping on to the hopping into the DMV and just wanting to like get it updated, it's gonna be harder. Technically you can, there's like workarounds and like I think with like first like identification stuff, I don't know. It's Florida just getting so bad. To go as far as fraud is a little crazy. It's like legally, psychotic. like on all of your other documents, and you have a doctor telling you, and it's still fraud. Do they not I'm, know what fraud means? I'm look at me. I'm such a fraudster. You know what I think? What? I think that trans people should have, we should have our own ID. <laughs> no? No, 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 no. <laughs> it should be very obvious that you're trans. So like when you go out in public and you show it to people, it, it keeps you safer because they know who you are. And, and I'm, that's so funny, but I don't know if you know what you just said. <laughs> Not ideal trans people gonna label them. <laughs> <laughs> I can't breathe. That's why I'm not a politician or in the government <laughs> because I don't have any fresh ideas for that, to be honest. I I mean, in an ideal world, that would be amazing. <laughs> it should be the trans colors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I personally think. But, <clears throat> but it's funny because like, um, you know, I was talking to the lawyers that um, this, we're currently in the lawsuit for against um, the gender affirming care band. Um, and I was talking with them and it seems like, you know, it seems like there's going to just, it's a lot of confusion right now. And it's just trying to figure out what it, what it all means. So I'm just like, okay, <laughs> I guess I just got to get out of here. So I think Emily and I want to make like a plan to like go visit um, you and then just like look at apartments, just like apartment hunt for fun and see what that looks like. And I will go with you. I really will. But you know what? You've left Florida before. You can do it again. Yeah, I was talking And about, I feel like you're uh, both, like, you have better jobs now, don't you? Both of you? Or is it, are you, no. No, yeah. We, yeah, we have like, like yeah. a lot better jobs. So um, I think we're in a good place. We're both remote too. Emily was saying yesterday that um, she was like, yeah, I don't know if Florida, like, necessarily is where I want to be now but like it's definitely home and it will always be home yeah. so if at some point in our future you know things are safer if we want to settle down like that's that sounds good but 
she doesn't know if she's like done adventuring and like living in other places. And I, I agree. So we'll see where the road takes us. Um, we still we have a year of our lease left. So maybe by the time I'm 40, I'll be out there. <laughs> it's going to be five years in the future and you're still going to say, I think it's time for me to leave Florida. It's time to finally get out. But you know how hard moving is? It is, especially across the entire country. Mm-hmm. Like you genuinely have to pick up everything and it's just like, lug it across the entire continent. And you don't realize how much stuff you have until you move. And then it like yeah. becomes like everything becomes a fight and no one's really angry at each other, just more of the situation. And then it's just like, yeah. just like you, you're like $6,000 in debt after like a move because you have to- Yeah, I can't really complain. Your stuff. Because I moved 10 minutes away and then five minutes away. <laughs> so. I mean, I guess your first big move was, that was I'm sure something. Yeah, but that was one time. And yeah. like a long time ago at this point, not like yes. back and forth and back and forth. I would cry probably. Well, speaking of flying and traveling, I know you were just in, um, where were you? <laughs> <laughs> my brain you literally forgot my whole culture, like, I know my brain shut like, off. Oh my God. It's You're in a few I countries. Yeah. I, I don't like how it's been over a month since I've been on vacation. Has it really? Like, why is it already the middle of February when I, because to me, I just got engaged, (laughs) but we're two months down the line already. And something about that doesn't feel right. I felt January was so slow. I was seeing TikToks of people saying January went by really slow, but now that it's February, I'm like, how are we like, yeah, mid February already. That's crazy. I know. I came back at the beginning of January and I was still kind of in my vacation mindset. So I also feel like it dragged for like the first week. And then just because everything was so busy and I was so caught up with work, I just like time just blinked and now we're here. So how was your like overall trip though? Like, are you like missing it? Are you yearning for it? I want to, I'm very strongly yearning for another vacation like anytime we have a down time or we're laying in bed I'm like we should start planning our next vacation (laughs) like I know we just traveled across the globe and spent time there for three weeks but I think I'm ready to go on another vacation you know you have a where's your next destination what's your like what's your your thoughts so we also have to like figure out what we're doing for our wedding so that's true (laughs) I can't just decide to go on another global adventure and then like not think about the wedding i feel like the wedding maybe is like the next vacation kind of okay so we should do a destination wedding then because i want to go on a vacation (laughs) and naturally like planning a wedding is the next thing i should be doing with my time i don't know are you i'm I'm assuming that your family and everyone in your life wants like a proper wedding right like y'all want to plan like i think they do Mm -hmm. they don't really care but i feel like they do. So something yeah. that Russell's mom said that I thought was funny and on, honestly so true because we were like, oh, we don't know if we ha- want to have like a big wedding, maybe like a bigger reception, but not a huge ceremony. And she was like, can you hear the jingling? I heard a little bit of it. <laughs> Are they playing? Yeah. Um, mm. Anyway, 
she was like, I know you guys don't want to have a big wedding, but like on his side, they have a lot of family members. And she was like, that's a lot of people that could potentially give you guys gifts or like money. So she was like, maybe you should do something with so we can invite a lot of people so that you can, you know, collect your coins. And it makes sense. But I also felt kind of bad. I was like, I don't want to like, is that weird to just expect or tell people to bring you gifts? I don't know. We talked about this kind of last week where it feels kind of weird to have like a bridal party or like make people fly to a destination wedding or make bridesmaids or groomsmen buy like their tuxedo or their dress. I just feel weird making other people spend money for my own occasion, I guess. Yeah, I know what you mean. There's, um, it's sort of what Emily and I are like thinking about. Her mom just kept saying, have a destination wedding. And she's just trying to turn it into a vacation for herself. And Emily's like, if you want a vacation, make yourself, give yourself a vacation. Don't use her wedding yeah. as your choice for <laughs> vacation. So we don't know if we, I, in my life, have never, like, I've always just wanted this, like, dream wedding. My, my, my like, heart has always wanted to just, like, have this like wedding because I never thought I could but then realistically I'm like we could have a beautiful like wedding and put the money into getting someone to help us plan like an elopement if we wanted to do something more low-key and then like having a big party but like you said it's like okay well does the pros like outweigh the cons like if we invite more people yeah we get more gifts but is it like how much more expensive is it going to be so like wedding planning like already has been so stressful and we're just in the beginning stages of like thinking what we want to do so I am very empathetic towards all the past brides that have gone through this. Um, it's definitely a lot and it's definitely really scary. Yeah. And I apologize in advance that we will probably bring up the fact that we will either say they were <laughs> engaged or wedding multiple times until we're both married, probably. So I genuinely apologize if you don't want to listen to that, but that's just how, that's just where we are. I saw a friend yesterday. I ran into a friend yesterday and she was like, oh my goodness, like you and your, your friend that you do the podcast with, she, um, she's also engaged. And I said, you'll like, (laughs) we won't shut up about it. Yeah. You'll know. Trust me. I was Um, in a meeting yesterday at work. Wait, no, I wasn't in a meeting yesterday. It was Friday, (laughs) but I was in a meeting and just by habit I said my boyfriend when I was talking about like what we're gonna do this weekend and one of my coworkers like was making a joke and he was like do your boyfriend and your fiance know about each other and I was like ha sorry I forgot to say it like you obviously know what I meant right like did you announce it in your work is that how they know or they follow you no I announced it at work that's so cute so I I don't know. I think I do have some people from work that watch this. So I'm not going to say anything about how much I, how. You love your job. I am with my position. I love yeah. my job. But so I posted like picture. I sent pictures to my manager, basically. It was like, because she wanted to see pictures of us in the Philippines. So I was like, here. And I threw in a picture of the engagement. I was like, surprise, I'm engaged. And then I get on a call, another call. And then I see in the corner of my eye, like my team's chat is going crazy. Like, message 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 someone like this this that 
she posted my pictures in like our entire branch team's channel for literally everyone to see. So everyone is just like, oh my God, congratulations, blah, 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 blah. So yeah, that's why everyone knows that I'm engaged because she like decided to announce it to everyone. Like it was, I'm the new CEO and I like, they all needed to be introduced to me. I don't really know. Yeah. Emily's work did something similar where they like, um, they like saw it on her Instagram and they, they told everyone and they ended up sending us a bottle of champagne that we had such a cute little date night drinking. Um, It was so cute. I have a video of me popping it open and I, I hate it. I cannot pop the, the, the bottle. It's so scary. Yeah. And um, I just have a video of me jumping. I'll have to send it to you. But um, it was cute. We had a little like date night celebrating um, where we just put on Blue Beetle, which is honestly a really good movie. I Wait, love my it kind of was. It kind of was like, I kind of cried. It was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I love George Lopez. But um, yeah, so we had a cute little date night celebrating because um, of the, the little champagne they got us. And... I love champagne. It was so good. I don't think I've ever had it before. Champagne? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess Wait, I've had okay. like, I've, I, so I, technically, I, I feel like we drank like champagne together at some point. I don't know why I think that, but I feel like we have. We have. <laughs> I know that I was in New York City and I had brunch like on like a rooftop and they had champagne. And I know I've drank it like during then because she kept trying to force us to drink more. And I was like, I don't drink. Please just chill. And she just kept pouring it in our glasses and was like, you need to drink more. But I don't know if like I've ever had it just like to myself where I can pour my own glass and I can enjoy it. And honestly, really good. I like it. Nice. Yeah. Well, my company did not give me a bottle. Of wow. They just gave me a headache. Anyway, <laughs> we're both engaged and you'll be hearing about it a lot. You will be. But I want to get back to your, your trip because I know that okay. like we, we need okay. to talk about it. Yeah. So I can just kind of go through and talk about everything, but I want you to like ask me questions or interrupt me because if you don't, I will just <laughs> keep talking. Like it'll be an hour and I wouldn't have stopped talking this entire time. That's I'm how just, much detail there is. I'm ready to absorb it all. I'm, okay. I'm, I just got, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you locked? I actually have to go into my camera roll. And like, look at the pictures that I took so that I can actually accurately retell my travels. You need need your, the sequential order of how things play out. Okay, so this all started all the way back to the 28th of December, 2023. So the, actually, there was a lot of drama on the first day when we got to the airport, just to start, which is really... It didn't set the the trip up for good expectations, but it turned around. So basically we get to the airport and it's an international flight. I wasn't told, nobody was really told that when you get to the counter, they're going to ask you to provide them with your return flight information, at least from the Philippines. Like you have to tell them how long you're staying and you have to show proof that you are flying out of the country like on that day. So Russell's whole family, who I'm with, they're leaving together. So they all have that information. I, on the other hand, I'm staying an extra week with my parents and we're going to Cambodia. However, my parents aren't at LAX. They're in the sky because they're flying from Seattle to the Philippines. So I was like, 
I my mother is in the air. Like she is currently in an airplane. I can't get that information for you. And they were like, okay, well, you need to try and find that information or you're not going to be able to get on the plane. So I started having a mental breakdown. I, I was texting my mom over and over and over again. And luckily, like her texts were being delivered. So I was like, are you like, did you buy Wi-Fi? What's what's going on? I was texting her. I was like, I need you to send me the flight information like immediately. Otherwise, I cannot get on the plane. So she sends me like a text message of the reservation number and I give them the reservation number and they're like, we don't want the reservation number. We want your flight confirmation. So I texted my mom and I was like, please like send me a flight confirmation, like a screenshot, something, something. And I was like, she's flying. There's no way that she's going to be able to send me a picture or a screenshot in the air. Right. But she does. So I'm like, (laughs) great. I show it to them. I finally get through. Everything's fine. I get through security. We're waiting at the gate. And then I go to the bathroom. As I'm coming to the bathroom, I can see my parents like hiding behind a pillar. And they're supposed to be flying from Seattle to the Philippines. So I'm like really confused at this point. I'm like, why why are my parents here? Come to find out they had flown from Seattle to LA so that we could all fly together. So when I was like panicking and freaking out and trying to text my mom, she was just like in depart- <laughs> like international departures, like 10 minutes away, just sitting there. That's so fucking funny. That she like was just the, the way that that worked out, like the fact that they had have happened to flew to LA first, if they went straight to the Philippines, I wouldn't have been able to get on the plane. I don't think like there was no way I would have found that info. Going through security, specifically if you're going to an international flight, that is the most intimidating thing because you're like, if I'm forgetting anything, like, yeah. you know, you have your passport, but it's like, what what are you going to forget? So, like, that would have given me the biggest meltdown. Like, yeah, I, I was bad. freaking out. But it's I good like, that, I guess it worked out, right? It did. It. I think that was supposed to happen. It was like the universe telling me that I was meant to go on this vacation. So that was the the cosmic alignment. Yeah, that was the first few hours of stress. So we get on the plane. I mean, it was a 15-hour flight. Honestly, it wasn't that bad. I just watched the entire season of RuPaul's Drag Race Canada season four. And then like some other space show on Apple TV. I tried not to sleep at all. So I wasn't like discombobulated when I got there. Um, So yeah, we fly all the way to the Philippines after 15 hours, we get there, we get through security really fast. Like it's not crazy at all because it was like nine o'clock there at night. So I guess the airport had died down. I'm still wearing a sweater, like a hoodie and sweatpants because in LA it was kind of chilly, but here I am in the Philippines. It's 109% humidity, like 85 degrees. I'm immediately sweating and like I was just standing there trying to pick up my luggage and pull it off of the little carousel. Just that alone, I was sweating buckets because of how hot it was in there. So we get our luggage, we get in our van to drive to the place that we're staying. And it's a two and a half hour drive from the airport to the place. And it's nighttime. 
and we're going kind of like into the countryside. So the entire car ride, you couldn't literally see anything other than the other cars on the, on the road. And the people there, I don't know if I briefly mentioned this last time or the other times that I've mentioned my trip, the people in Philippines drive. I don't know how to explain it because it's very, it's like organized chaos because there's no traffic lights or stop signs or anything like you really just decide what you want to do and do it if you want at that point, but there's no accidents and people aren't honking at each other like aggressively. It's like beep, beep, I'm merging. So like, please don't hit me, you know? Yeah. And I feel like horns are supposed to be used for. Yeah. If we were left to that sort of system in this country, we, it would be the end of our society. Yeah. Truly. (laughs) Absolutely. Like the world would end. It would be apocalyptic vibes. I, so, yeah. I, mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I was saying that, like, I, I feel that whenever we went to Mexico, it's very similar, especially when you just go into, like, more rural areas. That, like, there's truly just no rules on the road. It's like, there do what you need. I didn't see a single traffic light until my, like, eighth day in the country. And we had been driving all over the place. So that was honestly worse than the flight like imagine having to get off a 15-hour flight and then you can like finally stand up also the fact that you're kind of like not dirty but like gross you've been in the in the sky so long and like on a plane you haven't had a proper shower and you just sweat a lot and now you're in a van that doesn't have the best air conditioning and you have to sit there for like three more hours and drive that was probably one of the worst parts of the trip is just like actually getting there because it's so tiring. It's so long. Like there's so much travel. You have to go through so many different hoops and hurdles and talk to so many people and get on a bus and a plane and a tram and this and that to get there. So yeah, the travel day wasn't the best there coming there or coming back, but it was fine. It was worth it once the trip actually got started. So yeah, we got there at like midnight and some of my family members were staying with us there. So they had already cooked like a whole feast of a meal at like 1230 in the morning. And when we got there, they were like greeting us and they were like, you guys need to eat. You need to eat this and that or have this just offering us a bunch of stuff. They're really sweet. But I was like, I'm not about to eat a full meal at 1230 in the morning. And one thing about Filipino people is that they will eat like constantly. That's just what we do is we just eat and like cook like every day. Like there's no breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You just eat constantly and you don't stop. And that was something also that I had to adjust because at best, I'll eat like maybe two meals a day, like breakfast and dinner. Same. Sometimes lunch. And I was like, you guys want me to eat literally every waking hour? that I'm here and it's too much I'm gonna blow up are you did was it nice like how long has it been since you've seen some of the family um since I was four that's crazy 25 years I'm sure it was a nice reunion especially for your mom and stuff yeah, Just for my mom, like... it was more so my mom and my dad, it was kind of like a reunion. But for me, I didn't like I didn't know, remember really anyone. So that was kind of hard. 
But my grandma's youngest sister is my mom's the closest to her in our family there. So she stayed with us most of the time. And she looks exactly like my grandma, which is Aww. which was really weird. Like talks like her, looks exactly like her, has like the same sense of humor. So it was kind of bizarre like being there with her because I was like, that's my grandma. Like actually in the flesh. It was weird. But also really kind of nice too. Just I knew it wasn't her, obviously, but she reminded me so much of her. It was nice to, to be around her for a while and spend time and get to know her better. Yeah, I felt I, it, I would assume that it would probably feel nice just to like just reconnect and just like feel a piece of home like attached with her. Because, yeah, it's very that's really cute. Yeah. So that was the travel day. That was the first day. Oh, my God. I talked for literally 10 minutes and it was me flying. <laughs> No, I love it. Though. Okay, I'm going to fast forward. So the first okay, couple okay. days, we stayed at this place, like this hotel. I talked about my wedding, or not my wedding, my engagement. That was the 31st. So that was two days after our trip. So we spent a couple of days there. We didn't do anything crazy. We just ate a lot of food, like I said. We went to this like fair, kind of. It was kind of like Santa Monica Pier vibes, but in the Philippines. So there was like a Ferris wheel and like food, fair food and roller coasters and stuff. We didn't really do anything. We just kind of walked through it to see what was going on. But yeah, so we spent the first couple of days of our trip at this his hotel with everybody. And then the next day or when we were done there, we were going on to the, the tattoo part of our trip. So basically what we had to do is we had to get in vans and drive three hours to the northern side of the Philippines, which is where we were going to be staying for that first night before we started driving up to get our tattoos. So I think there was 14 of us total. So most of us were going to get a tattoo, but Russell and his family were going to another city for those few days so that they could meet up with their family because his fam- his parents didn't want to get tattoos. So they wanted to go see family because they'd never seen family before. So we kind of split up a little bit. So the next couple days of the trip were very interesting because the tattoo, the village where she lives, it's the like highest elevated village in the entire country. It's quite literally in the middle of the mountains, like from there to the nearest civilization, it's two and a half, three hours. So we spend the night in this town. That's not the base of the mountain, but more populated. And then we drive five hours in the van up to the village. By the time that we get there, so we leave at like nighttime Because in order to actually get, there's no appointments to get a tattoo. You basically just show up at the base of the mountain and they tell you if, if they have time to do you that day. So we wanted to get there right when they opened at like six in the morning. And in order to do that, we had to leave in the middle of the night. So we basically had to sleep in the van while we drove up there. And the thing about this drive is that 
It's called the Kalinga Pass. It's famous in the Philippines because there's no straight, there's no straightaway for like 200 kilometers. So you go straight, it's like hairpin turns. So you go straight and then you go around a curve and then you go straight for about 10 more seconds and then you go around another curve and it's just curve, 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 curve. And our drivers, they drive this all the time. So they're going at maybe 50, 60 miles an hour up this mountain, turn, 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 left, right, left, right. So as you can imagine being in a van, like if you're going around a sharp turn, at a certain speed, your your body's going to shift, right? So I'm trying to sleep in my seat. And I can't. Because every time I'm like about to fall asleep, I'm this, I'm over here. And then I go this way. And then it's just constant back and forth, back and forth, back and forth for fucking three hours into the just butt fuck nowhere. You can't see anything. I'm delusional, so tired because I haven't slept. And we get to the base of their village and these guards come out with machine guns, like literal machine. They're not like rude or like intimidating. They're, they're obviously yeah. not. They're just protecting the village. But I'm like delirious at this point. And I just see this group of men walking towards us with machine guns. And I'm like freaking out. But so the reason that they are heavily guarding that village is because it's the only place in the Philippines where weed is legal. So they have to ensure that you're not bringing something in or leaving with something because they're so protected. So that's why they were there. But again, I was so fucking tired. I just saw automatic weapons and I just thought I was dead. <laughs> it's over. We're all dead. We're just like a bunch of Americans crammed in this van in the middle of nowhere and they're going to kill us or something. But yeah. Um, so we get there. Like really, I feel like I... I'm just like talking so much and I'm so annoying. No, I you love know, it. Like, the purpose of this episode is to like say what happened. Yeah, like, no, I, so, this has been like the most anticipating part is like, I'm so excited to hear about the whole process of getting your tattoo and like this whole process, because like, like you said, it's like the legendary artist and I'm sure you'll get more into it. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I'll talk yeah. about the tattoo and then just tell me, what parts you personally are interested in or like want to know more about. And I'll tell okay, you. Okay. Yes. So yeah, I guess I could just talk about the tattoo first because that was pretty much the biggest part and one of the coolest parts of the trip. So we get to the base of the mountain at like six in the morning and they tell us that we are able to go up today to get tattoos. And one of our tour guides or one of our drivers knows one of the families that lives up there. So we were able to kind of hang out at their place the entire day while we waited to get our tattoos. So we get there, um, like no sleep at all. Basically I haven't slept. I've slept maybe 45 minutes and we have to hike up to the village, which is like an hour hike in the middle of the jungle, like up this fucking mountain. It's kind of crazy. Um, so we get ready. There's no bathrooms there. There's no water. So I have to like brush my teeth with a water bottle and like wash my face with a makeup wipe and just kind of get somewhat clean because I felt really gross at that point. So yeah, it was like 7am. We get clearance to hike up the mountain. So we hike up the mountain. It was a really pretty hike. Like we crossed 
some waterfalls and stuff, but it was really scary at some points because, I mean, they do have railings, but it's to the point where, like, if you have a tumble, I don't know if the railings would do much, you know? Like, they're, like, not very tall. So, like, anyone other than a child, if they fell, they would just fall right over and it literally wouldn't do anything. So we had to stop a few times because some people were, like, getting either tired or it was just scary being this far away from a cliff and you look down and it's just nothing. And that's obviously scary. So it took us like an hour and 20 minutes to get up. So we get up and we go to the place where we're staying for the day. So at this point it's like eight 30 And we're just sitting there waiting. They tell us that she is really busy today. So she's just trying to finish up everyone that stayed the night because some people will stay the night so that they can get tattooed in the morning instead of waiting all day to get tattoos from her. So we're waiting. And while we're waiting, you have the option of getting a tattoo from her nieces because they do the same tattooing that she does. Um, So originally I was like, I'm just going to get the three dots because that's the signature. That's what we were all like. We're just going to get the three dots. And then they came up to us and we're like, do you guys want other tattoos? And at first I was like, no, I'm okay. And then they showed us the booklet and I was like, wait, these are kind of cool. Like I kind of like some of these. And then my mom was like, wait, I kind of want one. And then everyone else was like, wait, I kind of want one too. So it switched from like, us all just wanting the three dots to all literally all of us got another tattoo while we were waiting so yeah I got a tattoo I got that's when I got my first tattoo which is this one it's so cool yeah and I kind of talked about it a little bit I think but it's like traditional it's called batik so it's like a a bamboo stick with a thorn and charcoal And what they do, they have like a little mallet and the thorn. And what they do is they just like tap, 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 tap into, I literally have it. I can show you what it looks like. And it's cool because you said that they gave it to you. Yeah, they gave it to you afterwards. So everyone has like their own little tool. And if you can see, it's just, it's literally a thorn. And they can, they just go ding, 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 ding. And if you look really closely, you can see my dried blood on it. (laughs) So what is the pain level? Because my assumption is that like, it's sort of like a hand poke tattoo because it, it okay. is, but, so um, for... but this process seems like more intense. Like, so yeah, what is yeah. that, the feeling like? So for this one, it was like a three out of 10. It was very okay. bearable. I was like, it kind of hurts, like, especially towards my hand. And, like, when she's wiping it and, like, going over it again, I feel like that's the worst part of any tattoo is when they take a dry-ass paper towel and just fucking go straight over uh, it. Oh, yeah. Like, that, that hurts, obviously. But the actual tattoo itself wasn't that bad. So I was like, this is so easy. Like, when I get up there, it's going to be so easy. Like, it's three dots. Look, I got all of this. Like, the three dots are going to be nothing once I finally go up there. So we get up there. Five hours later, because there's so many people that are there waiting, it took us that long to just like sit around and wait for everyone else to get done from the prior night. So we get up there and I'm watching 
like people go and i'm noticing that they look like they're in a lot of pain like a lot of like you can tell they're in pain but kind of trying to hide it and pretend like they're not in pain like smile through the pain and i was like that's probably just because like these people hadn't didn't get the other tattoo you know like they're not they're not already used to the feelings that that must be why it like hurts so bad and i was the first person to go in my group so i get up there and she doesn't it's kind of intimidating because like she's such an icon she doesn't speak english she's like 211 like she's the tiniest lady that i've ever seen in my entire life she's just sitting there in her little stool and she like is like wanting you to tell her where you want your tattoo so i tell her i'm like I want mine like here. And then she's like, do you want it horizontal or vertical? I'm like, I want it vertical. So I'm here. I'm like prepared. I was like, your niece just gave me this big old tattoo over here. I'm perfectly fine. And she starts. And when I tell you (laughs) that she was hammering me, like, I don't know. (laughs) She was going ham on my wrist. Like to the point where I was bleeding profusely and I didn't bleed at all for this tattoo. This one, it was like pools of blood just like dripping from my arm. And she didn't like wipe my blood away either. She just kept as I'm literally blood is leaking down my wrist. She's just like smiling, doing her little tattoo. I tried so hard to not look like I was in severe pain. There's like a video, I think it's on my Instagram or like pictures of me getting it. And I was, that's not a genuine smile. Like I'm not actually smiling. I was in severe pain because she almost pierced through my entire wrist and went through the other side. Like I'm surprised the needle didn't come out from the side. Oh my goodness. It was so painful. Was this after? That was after. Yeah, you yeah. you look like mm, this is like, the most pain I've ever been in. <laughs> but yeah, and I was like, I don't know if it was just a spot that I got it in, but I need to like see everyone else and like how they react. And everyone else after me, they were like in physical pain. So I don't know if there's just she just has a, a hard harder touch or Maybe that's the way that you're actually supposed to do it and her nieces don't do it as hard as you're supposed to. But she was going in on me with that little nail and it was so painful. But it was really short because it's it's literally three dots. So it's like, what, two minutes total? So it was like, just suck it up and breathe and eventually it'll be over. <laughs> and I but it's, it's so cool, the fact that you have like Honestly, it's like a piece of history, like attached to your, your body. If you have kids one day, you know, you can just pass yeah. the story along. And <clears throat> and it's, yeah, it's a legend that, you, that like you were able to live at the same time and then be able to meet. And it's just, so I mean, cool. it's as a perfectionist, it isn't perfect, but I think it's, it's fine. Like it's not to the point where it looks like weird. You could just. Like, you're just like, oh, it's obviously not centered, but maybe it was supposed to be like that. <laughs> no, I know what you mean, and, like, wanting, like, the tattoo to, like, look a certain way, but I, yeah, I think it's mainly just, like, the cultural aspect of it, the yeah. symbolic nature of it, and, like, being able to, like, get it done by someone that, like, is so famous for it. Exactly. For- and she's 107 years old. Like, honestly, it's okay. 
I forgive you. That's, I looked at her just a second ago and I was like, she's probably like 85, 107. No, she's 107, babe. She looks really good for her age, too. Yeah, she's yeah. killing it. Yeah, and she's like on her, hunched over all day. Like, that's that's a lot for anybody. And for so. the, the tattoos, you said they don't cost anything? The bill is just like... they. Um, so it's 300 pesos, which is like $500, okay. $5 USD. So oh, my wow. mom gave her like a 40 for mm. uh, equivalent of $40 for us. And they were like, <gasps> like shocked or like appreciative That's that we gave them. Yeah. A lot of people like will overpay just because it's so inexpensive. Like it should be more. Yeah. Like it shouldn't just be $5 considering who sh- who's giving it to you, you know, because like in the States you could get a dot like this and it's like minimum, what? $50. They're like, Oh, I have a minimum of like 75 and it's literally a, a tiny heart. I think shop minimums are like, yeah, like this off to like the street are like 75, 100 bucks. And so if you yeah. even want three little dots, it'll cost you that much. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So that was like the coolest part of the trip because I don't know, it's just like a cool experience. Like you said, it's a tattoo that I'll have obviously forever. And it's a cool story that I can talk to. And maybe in the future, like I can meet and identify other people that have these three dots and we're like bound by bound for life i guess it's yeah and it's just really cool um so one of the people that were was on the trip with us one of my parents friends so this was his first tattoo ever and it hurt like i said and i don't i think like if you haven't gotten a tattoo especially and you're experiencing that sort of pain and you're losing blood and you're seeing other people bleeding it could be kind of like an overwhelming feeling plus it was really hot and humid so when our entire group was done taking the picture um we wanted to take a group picture with her of like all of us together and so we're like all huddled around her i'm directly behind like standing behind her and she's still sitting in her little stool and when we're taking the picture i feel like heavy pressure on my back like someone's kind of pushing me and i look back And I can see that, like, our friend, our family friend has, like, fainted and is, like, collapsing over onto all of us. And like I said, she is 107 years old and she's very tiny and very petite. So if I had lost my balance, we would have smushed her into the concrete. (laughs) Like, we would have eliminated her. And do you know how humiliating, horrible it would have been to be part of the group of Americans that came and literally crushed her after getting a tattoo? So I had to pull every ounce of strength, every piece of stray testosterone that was still in my body (laughs) to like guard her. I was guarding her with my life. I was like, I had a full grown six foot man on my back. I was like, we're not taking her out today. I'm not allowing that. <laughs> I and then like everyone else started her. to notice because no one knew what was going on except for me because he was literally falling on me. And then everyone realized what was going on and like helped him and like helped him to sit down. But I basically saved her life. Like if it wasn't for me, we would have killed her. I'm not even kidding. Like she would have died. There's no like 14 people falling on you at that age. You're done. 
I would have. It's so funny because as soon as you mentioned blood, I would have passed out. Like and like yeah. I've got I got tattoos and I'm covered, but the moment that I I, I see my blood, like I'm just I get so like like lightheaded and anytime I get blood blood drawn or anything I can't look because I literally will pass out. So yeah. it's so funny because there was a moment where you like invited me and I thought about going and I'm like that'd be so cute to like go and I can imagine and you know me if I were to go there I would have probably killed that woman just by falling on her. I feel like that's my luck. That's that's the the, the I energy I <laughs> or I'm just so clumsy that something like that would happen. But I honestly also that you saved her life. Like I can't I can't believe it. I did. She gave me a tattoo and I saved her life. It was like a trade-off, basically. Yeah, an even exchange. She'll she'll never remember <laughs> me for the she already forgot about me, probably the second after I stood up, but she looks I so have cool solace too. knowing that I saved her. Like in the pictures, she just like looks cool. And it's like I wanna she look is. like her. Like, like she had right her now. little bandana on, she had her Cool little red sunglasses with her tattoos. Like, iconic. Yeah. So I was just like obsessed with like how she looked and everything. So, but that seems so fun. It's like kind of, and honestly, like even the process of just like that you have to go through like days of traveling just to get to her and like do that. And I probably feel so like, like, yeah, like if there's community, if you ever see someone else who has a tattoo, like you, you all went through the same process of getting up the mountain and and getting confronted by people with shotguns or semi-automatic rifles or whatever and having to have that whole experience. And I think that's that's cool. Yeah, that was like the coolest part of the trip, like I said. So, yeah. Yeah. Was did you say so Russell did he go or he couldn't go? He did not go. He did yeah. not get a tattoo. He went with his family to go visit their family. His family is like pretty big in that ta- that province, town. Like his dad's cousin is like a mayor and then like another cousin was like a retired police chief. So like they they got some some power in that city. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Did you end up uh, meeting with them at all? No, because that town was like five hours away from where we were. So we went like five hours this way and they went five hours this way. And then we all met together once we were done getting the tattoo. Something that was cool. And I, there's no way for me to confirm this a hundred percent, but as a trans person, I feel like I have somewhat of ability of an ability to identify my sister's in the wild. So we were in the, in the village. And like I said, this is the only village that has like legalized marijuana because they grow it up there. And so, you know, me, I am no stranger to marijuana as we all know, neither is like literally anybody that we were with. So we were like, why don't we just like get high, like on this mountain? Like, why not? Like, when are we ever going to be here again? Right. So we're like, who do we talk to? And the person that like grows the weed was, I believe, a trans woman. And she was like so cool. She came out and she had like uh, like all these different bags of like weed. She was like, which one do you guys want? And she said I was pretty. And I was like, oh my God, you're pretty. And then it was just like, it was a fun time. I was like, who would have thought that in this, the most remote village in the Philippines, there's two trannies 
<laughs> sharing a joint together. Like, isn't that just so... Yeah, it's... Like, just to it, think about it. The universe needed you there. I, and I love that. And I think that goes to show, too, that, like, um, just, like, identifying being trans, um, it's just so, like, it's a universal experience that happens in any culture. It's just, It's just the way of nature, the way of life. And so it's cool that you met someone. But I know what you mean. There's like a superpower where it's like you see someone and it's like, I don't know if you're trans, um, like pre-transition, post-transition, but I know that, that or whatever, like like I can meet someone that hasn't even transitioned and be like, you're trans and like, just like yeah. predict it. Like it, there's just a superpower. Yeah. I ha- I don't know if this is like problematic. And my dad doesn't, I don't think he listens to this, so he's not going to know that I talked about him. But when we were there, so there, I think I did see a lot of trans people, but I don't know exactly how accessible hormones are, or um, I know the culture, I mean, it's pretty 50-50, most people are accepting, but there are a lot of people that are still in their traditional, like, Catholicism and, like, are not okay with that. So it's kind of like a 50-50 split. But whenever we were walking around populated areas, my dad would like nudge me and he would be like, I'm not trying to be rude, but is that a trans person? And I would look at them and I would be like, I would have to like try and think. I was like, I don't know. Like I have to use my own brain. I'm like, is that a trans person or not? I was like, I don't really know. I was like, why do you keep asking me? Because... He just, it was like a game that he was doing. Like he would just pick someone and he would be like, I think they might be like you. And I was like, I don't think that person is like me. They have long hair. Like that's not all it takes. Um, But yeah, I just thought it was funny that he was like trying to clock people basically. Like for literally no reason at all. That's such a your dad thing. Yeah. That's just like, he was like, they don't look like you. And I was like, well, yeah, like they, I don't think they have access to what I have access to. So obviously we're going to look a little bit different. So it was kind of like a teaching moment and we bonded a little bit. I was like, sometimes when you see people, like they don't have access to what I have or like they haven't gotten surgery or what, whatever the case may be. And he was like, oh, he was like, I guess he thought it was like all up to effort. And I was yeah. like, some people can try as much as they can and do whatever they can within their means. But if they don't have access to the hormones, obviously they can't look a certain way. So I thought that was, it was like so random that that yeah. happens. And I think that's the most human thing too. It's like, like your dad having that reaction or that sort of like perspective on it. I think it's, like you said, it's a teaching moment. And I feel like a lot of people feel that way where they're like curious about something. And I think it's not wrong to, not like wrong or bad to be curious about something. It's it's honestly the most human thing to like mess up and to like, then it being an educational moment. So I love that. (laughs) And I love that your dad trying to relate to you on something that's cute. He was trying so hard not to be offensive. He would be like, you see that person over there with the really cool jacket? (laughs) <laughs> or like with the really long hair. I was like, yeah. And yeah. So it was like very obvious he was trying to convey that he wasn't trying to be rude. It was just like, oh, like obviously dealing. I'm probably the only trans person that he has to deal with regularly. So I'm like his image. So when you see, when you actually go out in public and you see other 
types of trans people and different stages and have and with different access to different things like we're obviously all going to look different and not the same so that yeah that is really fun so like i guess overall what happened sort of the days leading after and so afterwards we had to get on a flight to another like an island um it's called palawan it's like a bunch of islands in the philippines and we were staying in Coron. so that was like the actual vacation part of the trip i feel like my mom put us in the trenches like for the first week and had us like sleeping in a van and going to all of these places and like doing all of that. I think she did it on purpose to like show everyone what it's actually like for a lot of people that live there. So the second portion, we were just like at a resort on a beach and like going to beaches every day and swimming in the ocean and swimming, swimming in the pool. So that was like an actual vacation compared to the first part, which we were like hiking and trekking through places that literally there's no tourists. Like I didn't see a single tourist until the second half of our trip because we were just literally in the middle of the country, like for no reason. I mean, there was a reason, but like no one else had a reason to be there. (laughs) So yeah. Did you feel like the food, like, was it just like top tier? Just being oh. like with like authentically made from your family and stuff. Food, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't even explain it. We have a Filipino restaurant that's kind of close to us that we do go to, but it's, it's good. It's really just not the same as how they do it there because you don't have access to a lot of like the authentic ingredients that they use over there. Like garlic, the type of garlic that they use or the type of oil that they use Oh my God, the mango. Do you like mangoes? Yes, of course. You haven't had a mango until you go to the Philippines and eat a mango. I'm telling you, it's like an experience I've never had before eating food or anything. It, 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 like I genuinely can't explain it. And also like fresh mango, dried mango, Dried mango is one of my favorite snacks. So as we've since we've been back, I've been trying to like find a good brand of dried mangoes and they just don't taste the same. And it makes me so sad because I ate all of the ones from the Philippines. <laughs> and I can't get them anymore. I don't know what to do. Is there good I don't know, I mean you don't eat tofu, but is there like a lot of tofu options? Or did you not see a ton of that? Um I didn't see a ton of that. And there's <laughs> not a lot of I mean I you can obviously ask for like vegetables and stuff, mm-hmm. but they don't have like meat substitute. That's why it's my like biggest very fear. meat heavy. Yeah, of like going to another country and then just being like, like just overwhelmed with the meat and being like, damn it, I can't eat this. Sometimes and if just... you do, you have a hard time looking at like dead animals and like. Stuff? I have a traumatic experience. So my um my family is my dad's very traditional Mexican. And he grew up on a ranch and stuff and like killing um, animals for like to eat it and stuff. And on occasion he would buy like local um, pigs and, um, and have like a, a day where him and his brothers would get together and they would like cook the pig. And I have been there a few times when the pig was in fact um, unalived 
and it was very traumatic. And I think it sits with not well with me. And when I think about eating meat again, I think about that. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why I can't. So it might be, it might, it might be a little hard, but I think I could survive if it was around me. Is it just like hanging up and everything (laughs) on display? Yeah. Like in the street vendor, the street markets, it's literally just like a full pig, just hang like all, like a line of them and just like literally any animal just hanging. And also one of the biggest dishes in the Philippines is called lechon. It's basically like a roasted pig. So it's like a spit roasted pig. And like you, the head is still there. So like, it's like the head and then the body, which you cut up all the meat and then the rest of the body. So like, while you're like serving yourself, like, the head is just like there and like a lot it's like normal to leave the head on most things i wonder i always think about like the similarities in philippine uh like philippine dishes and like mexican dishes because they're we're both very we're common ancestors like we're we're ancestrally like aligned with like colonialism and like i wonder like what sort of overlaps that that has so I, i feel like i haven't had like an authentic like i had a few filipino friends growing up and um, I went over to their, their family's house and it was the first time I've ever eaten white rice, which was so crazy. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, my, my family, my mom exclusively just cooked Mexican rice. I never had white rice. And um, so that's sort of, that's the only experience I had because I was so picky growing up. So I'm like, I was, I've always wanted to just like, but there's not any good places here in Florida for me to like actually like, I'll take you somewhere. Yes, yeah. please. <laughs> but yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of other things that happened, but it's just like, there's so much. I don't know what to say other than just talking nonstop. But I think I covered the basis and like the most important things or the most entertaining things. I think from from my perspective, you were gone for three months. I was I was going I literally was going to bed at night and like hanging out with Emily and I'm like, I miss Gage. Like she's been gone. She's like living her best life. Yeah. I forgot that I had a life back here. Like I truly was just existing in the Philippines. I mean, a month of your life in a in like a in a different area, like it's crazy how quick like you can adapt to like sort of that routine. Of like being somewhere like unfamiliar so yeah uh, it seemed like overall like a really cool experience so i'm happy that that it seemed like you had a lot of fun and you obviously got engaged there i'm sure that i just realized i didn't year. say a sh- single thing about cambodia i literally went to a whole ass <laughs> how was, cambodia? was amazing it was amazing um i can go on about <laughs> if you want to i mean i'm not like i'm not opposed I will say I was pleasantly surprised by Cambodia. It was so clean, like to the point where it seemed wrong. Like I was like, why is it so clean all the time everywhere in every city that we go in? Um, The food was great. The people were so nice. It's a very like party vibes in Cambodia. Like they make a lot of money off of like nightlife and tourism. Um, I was, was able to walk through my first red light district, which was well, great. How was that? It was um, a lot. It was like, 
I don't even know how I feel because on one hand I was like feminism, like all of you finesse them, like go get your bag, find a white man that has a lot of money, take everything in his wallet, take it, take it all. You deserve it. But then it's also like weird to see very noticeably underage girls. Like it's very Mm -hmm. obvious that they were underage, just like existing in that life. And like a bunch of like gross older men just like patrolling this street and like trying to find what girl they want. And like it was it was kind of I mean, that that's just the way of life there, I guess. A lot of people there choose to do it or maybe some of them don't choose to do it, but that that's their means of surviving. So I I was just trying to look at it from just like observing and yeah it was, it was just I feel like if there wasn't creepy white old sleazy ass men there it would have been a lot better but like that's their demographic so like they, yeah. they need them there I the amount of like-, like as a woman just like walking through like Obviously, they're objectifying all of these girls there, but they're also just objectifying the other girls that are just walking through, like, in the area. So it's, like, you're looking at them, like, fucking creepy. Like, you have a girl on your lap, and then, like, someone else walks by, and you're, like, trying to get their attention. And, like, it's just fucking gross. Like, it's gross. But I'm I'm with you with, like, um, if there's, like... Obviously, if, like, the woman is, like, in need of survival and that's her way to survive or if that's the means in which she, like, decides to, like, you know, have, like, you know, I don't make income or whatever it may be, then power to her. But, like, I know what you mean when it gets that fine line of exploitive and then the white men that love to fetishize, specifically Asian women, like, it's just, like, it's crazy. Um, So I definitely, why? Why are white men like that? <laughs> it's I don't it, know. It, Yeah, it's really, really sad but um but yeah that that's probably like an interesting experience just to yeah. kind of like walk through and see like from from your perspective like people aren't hiding the fact that they're there no and they're the girls are like actively trying to get you to come into like their place so like if they see a guy they're like oh hey like let me come over here like blah 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 and i love my sisters my asian sisters but we unfortunately a lot of us are like hypnotized by white men for some reason it's not even just like a fetish for them like asian girls like white men like that's a lot of their type so it's not even like the white men are pursuing them only like the girls will specifically want like a white boyfriend like even if they're not from america it's like australian or european or whatever the case is like they they just like white men, unfortunately. And a lot of it, just Asian girls in the States do like white men either. Like how many times have you seen a 10 out of 10, like Asian girl, and then she's with a toenail white man? How too many, many times? to count. And it's, it's so funny. It's a, it's a meme on TikTok. The fact that like the, the white, white dad, Asian mom trope. Yeah. Of the, yeah. It's usually so. white dad, Asian mom. Usually the mom is the Asian I mean that's I had, my family too. It's so <laughs> funny. No, I um, what is it called? My um, 
I had, my, I had like friends growing up and um, yeah, I just know people that, that that's happened to. I was working at Amazon for a day. And the reason I quit was because how he talked about how he essentially bought his wife from the Philippines. And like, it was like weird. And like, I was just like, oh okay. God. Yeah, no, literally that's like, he was like, if you just have money, like you can literally just get a wife if you wanted to. And I was like, what the fuck are you, like, you're literally saying this out loud right now. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> it doesn't make it okay. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely not. So um, I was like, I'm not showing back up here. But yeah, I that is, that's crazy. It is such a trope, though. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So Thank you that sounds fun. Of course. But I talked maybe 40 minutes of this episode. <laughs> No, I love it. I feel like I'm always talking. So um, when I get to hear your stories and it's not me rambling, about, we're talking about the last episode about how I, I just went on this little tangent of how wedding rings or something, the history of wedding rings or wedding bands. And then you um, called me Russell's property. And I'm probably his property. I literally That's don't why. have a brain of my own. I'm just a piece of property to a man. You texted me that, and I completely forgot I said it. I was like, literally, when we're recording this, I'm just not. I'm not here. I'm blackout. And then whenever we end recording, I like, I, I just forget that. that you whole wake up again. Yeah, I wake up again. <laughs> no, it's it's hard sometimes, like rewatching or like editing the podcast because I'm like, I cannot listen to my voice. But um, yeah. I know. We we didn't uh, talk about drag race. I know. Honestly, I kind of want to save it for the just doing a little Patreon. Just a little oh yeah. Patreon oh wait, you're things. so right. Yeah. So, and and I do want to say this um, before before we like end this episode because I'm that, I'm happy that you're able to share your your adventures because it was like really yeah it was nice to hear from your perspective because I feel like I still haven't heard like the things that happened and stuff so it was very fun for me. Yeah. yeah. I was it was fun for me retelling it because it made me think that I'm on vacation again briefly. <laughs> Not. Oh. We need to do something together. We have to have a vacation together. Yeah, we need to come. You need to come here, and we need to go back to Bloomingdale. Oh my god, not Bloomingdale! <laughs> That's so, so why am I like that? <laughs> oh I'm like something's wrong with me. <laughs> but we can't go to Saddle Ranch again because Saddle Ranch is kind of over and like done with. So. Yeah. What, what's the new thing? What's Everyone loves emo night. Oh, emo! I did go to emo night recently. You said everyone was smelly. Um, I didn't see everyone. <laughs> I said what I noticed was that there was a common theme of people maybe not using deodorant. <laughs> not uh, everyone. This isn't an attack on emo people. <laughs> it's just like a reminder to the general public. Maybe if you're going like to a concert or somewhere where there's a lot of people, maybe use deodorant. Yeah, and I second that. I think that's the worst. And honestly, when you describe the smell, I was like, it makes so much sense. Because I've been to like punk shows and it is something else to be around, like being in a building with like sweaty men. It's like, mm. Yeah, and they're all like running into each other and like pushing each other and like going crazy. And like, it's just yeah. not, I mean, it's a fun it's time. Fun. It's just like. You have to go in there a little drunk to like distract you from everything else that's happening. And I was driving that night. So I was like stone cold sober, just like with people bumping into me, screaming, throwing beers across the crowd, like being splashed with unknown liquid. And yeah, it was a lot. 
I like I'm big fans of the the guy's wife that like the guy that runs it, his wife. I like I watch their YouTube videos and stuff and like listen yeah. to their podcasts and stuff. So I like I'm a fan of theirs. So I know about I've known about Emo Night for forever. Wait, I have a question. Do you yeah. know who the millionaires are? Yes, they sing um yeah, they were like really popular in like They're the, really popular the, in like the MySpace oh. days and they like they sing like really vulgar songs, right? Yeah. What's they, the one they sing girl. that's like um I think it's alcohol that I that I know. But um yeah. And I know a few of theirs, yeah, because yeah. I, I had them on my MySpace like songs whenever yeah. I had a MySpace. So they came out as like guests and I was like freaking out. I was like, oh my god, that's the millionaires. Like I've known <laughs> about them for so long. And no one else knew who they were. I was like, are you kidding me? No, they have how- a Christmas song. Like they're how do like, you not know who they are? They were huge. They yeah. were like the like thing in like two thousand eight. Yeah, which might be because we're kind of like old, but that what well, no, no, don't say that. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm 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 Gen Z. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you didn't really I, have to do it that far. I'm 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 an old Gen Z, but mm, I'm the, I'm one of the youngest millennials that there is. So. It's funny because I think Gen Z's cutoff is like 96, 97. I think it's like 97. I was born 96. But I like to say that I'm Gen Z. And I'm I will say old. that personally, I don't think that all millennials act like that. I think there's like a spe- very specific age group that's like maybe 32 to 34. And they're the ones that are acting that way. That's not me. So I won't go down with them. I'm not going down with them. As like you don't have a Stanley Cup? No Stanley Cup? I don't have a Stanley Cup. I have an Awala, actually. I have an Awala, too. Right now I have a Murr. I love Murrs, too. Shout out to Murr. But, uh, yeah, I guess with that being said, I want to wrap up the episode by saying, if you haven't already, check out our Patreon, because we are uploading on Patreon more often every week we're gonna have like a little bonus episode we've been talking about drag race on there so that's been fun and we've officially reached the amount of members we need which is like two people i think it's three people uh three supporters that we have that can now pay for us to actually host this like podcast which is great because we use this website that like now started charging us and it's like 20 bucks a month so it's just really cool and it's really nice that we have people supporting and wanting to listen so if you want to support us and you know, just like help us out uh, when it comes to like funding the show and doing the fun things we like to do, feel free to check out the Patreon. And we're going to stay on a little just to talk about Drag Race a little because I have some thoughts. I do too. So yeah, <laughs> if you like Drag Race or you just want to listen to us talk more, you should check out the Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> Same. All right. And then I guess with that being said, we'll talk to y'all later. Bye, everyone. Bye.